great client that I've had for three years that seemed so safe and so secure, you know, as a freelancer to have a consistent client for that long is a big deal. And to kind of lose that for the time being is a huge bummer, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I, I'm confident and hopeful that, you know, when they do get back on their feet or feel more comfortable doing so that they'll call me and say, let's continue. If I had the time to be quarantined, I would have never have had any free time to then rediscover or want to try new things. I would have just kept doing the same and I would have, who knows of where that would have led to in a decade from now. But I think specifically for me, the quarantine in this COVID situation has forced me to go back and be purely creative for the sake of being creative. And it's revolutionary for me. Sometimes we can get so caught up in, you know, building our brand, doing work, pushing out content, and really just trying to keep up that we don't get the opportunity to pause for a moment and remember the true reason we're doing this because that's what sustains us through the highs and the lows like this. And it can get very low. Welcome back to Vanessa Wants to Know, special quarantine edition. On today's show, I have not only one, but three guests to discuss what it means to be a freelancer during the time of COVID-19. I sort of wanted to do this to work through some questions, neuroses, fears, and issues I faced myself during this time, both professionally and creatively. And I have to say that these quick chats were so galvanizing and, dare I say, even inspiring that I have a fresh new perspective on work and life now during lockdown. So, who are these three people? I have influencer and writer Alyssa Coscarelli, a.k.a. Alyssa in the City, makeup artist Megan Way, a.k.a. Megan Way, and finally, photographer and burgeoning TikTok star, I say that with much affection, Tyler Joe, aka Tyler Joe on Instagram. Now, although I'm sure many of you who tune into this may think you already know these three, I mean, I was definitely in that camp. I came away learning so many new things, not only about each individual, but their processes that, you know, I'm just really blown away. And to be honest, I'm really, really excited to see where each person who is doing a major pivot in their work is going to be six months from now. So here it is, my conversation with Alyssa, Megan, and Tyler about working the gig economy, pivoting, and what this major inflection point in our current history means for us all. First up, Alyssa Coscarelli, a.k.a. Alyssa in the City. All right, Alyssa, thanks so much for coming on the show. This was a very, like, fast, impromptu thing I'd asked you. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm okay today. I think it's going to be a good day. Um, Obviously, there are good days and bad days right now, but I'm hoping today's a good one. And where are you right now? I'm actually in LA. Um, I made my way out here before any of the kind of shelter in place regulations went out. I actually had a trip planned to come visit my boyfriend who lives here. We're typically long distance and had no idea how long I would be here. And I'm here for the foreseeable future. So kind of living that West Coast life right now until, you know, everything gets slowly back to normal, I guess. 
that long distance relationship is very close distance now. You guys are, I'm assuming, like sheltering in place <laughs> together. Quality time that we've never quite experienced to this extent. So can't complain though. That's good to hear. So, you know, I guess I wanted to to really do this episode because, you know, there's so many of us that professionally, you know, financially, we're at a standstill right now because mm-hmm. being a freelancer, especially within the fashion influence space, so much of it requires us to, of course, be outside, you know, taking photos and taking meetings and whatnot. So I guess before we dive into it, why don't you tell us, I know, I mean, I, I hate this question myself, but like, what do you do, Alyssa? <laughs> No worries. We do a lot of different things. Absolutely. I do many different things. Typically, every day looks different. But to kind of explain it simply, I like to tell people that I was formerly a fashion editor at Refinery29. So that's kind of where my career got its start. I like to call it digital boot camp because I learned everything I know now about the digital space from, you know, editing and publishing and journalism to social media and marketing and all of that. Um, Learned so much there. And then eventually, was kind of slowly building my personal platform while working there full time until until I felt like I was working two full-time jobs and kind of had to pick one because it was just too much, which was great. Um, I was able to take the leap and go freelance about a year and a half ago. And now I kind of split my work into three sectors, the first being Instagram, social media, influencing, whatever you want to call it, you know, building my personal platform on there and taking brand partnerships and collaborations on that front. But I'm also still writing for various online publications from Harper's Bazaar to the Zoe Report to Teen Vogue. And then I'm also consulting and copywriting for small brands, mostly based in New York City. So that's kind of the three buckets, I would say, like Instagram, writing and consulting. Um, But yeah, definitely, you know, wearing many hats all the time and constantly juggling a million different projects. And it's been interesting to see how, you know, we're taking a hit just like everyone else is right now. Yeah, I think it's, you know, especially interesting for us gig economy workers because we typically, you know, do not go into an office. We don't have like a full-time gig. We don't have, you know, the health benefits that mm-hmm. come with working at a full-time job. But also the flip side of that is it's like you said, right? Every day is different. You get to do, you know, so many different things. You get to meet so many different people. And with this whole change of the planet not only for us, you know, professional wise, how has it been going from doing a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. those three buckets that encompasses a lot to more or less having to stay at home? Mm -hmm. Are you still working? Are you collaborating with people still? And if you are, in what kind of capacity are you doing it in? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to give a simple answer to this question. I think my first gut reaction to answer your question was to say that it's actually refreshing to just slow down and not do as much. I think a lot of us, you know, you included, and I was really, you know, a lot of your posts during fashion month were really resonating with me. And I know we exchanged a couple DMs about it, but it was just starting to feel like this hamster wheel. And, you know, while part of me loves the constant, you know, interactions and events and activations and, you know, always something happening, always going somewhere, always doing something. And I do really thrive off of that to an extent. But I think um, this forced kind of slowdown has been really eye-opening for everyone, myself included, and it's been really refreshing in a way. And I know that, you know, if we do ever gear back up into the way it was before, which I don't think it ever will, who's to say, but if we do, I'm going to miss these days. 
you know, of quality time with my loved ones, being able to work on different projects or different hobbies that I never would have worked on before. So, you know, it's all good and bad. I am still really trying to maintain my content in a way that feels somewhat normal, both for my own sanity and for my followers who have messaged me and said, you know, thank you so much for still posting creative content right now. You know, it's a really great escape or I respect that you're still creating right now. And like it inspires me to get dressed or put makeup on or that kind of thing. And that's really just what I'm doing to keep myself sane is because, you know, I do like to get dressed and put makeup on and feel ready to take on my day outside of this. And I'm trying to maintain that normalcy here in this time. And as far as working with brands, I think At first, there was definitely that panic where everything was just being canceled or postponed or put on the back burner or like, let's revisit this. So, so many jobs and trips and things I had in the pipeline were just completely full stop. Even on the consulting side, there's a small jewelry brand that I've worked with for about three solid years nonstop doing everything from social copy to writing their emailers to helping them with strategy as far as working with influencers, like kind of a 360 consulting deal that I've had for three years now is completely on hold until, you know, they can get a handle on things. And I totally understand that. Um, But it was kind of a shock to the system to think, oh my God, this great client that I've had for three years that seemed so safe and so secure, you know, as a freelancer to have a consistent client for that long is a big deal. And to kind of lose that for the time being is a huge bummer, you know, I'm not going to lie, but I, I'm confident and hopeful that, you know, when they do get back on their feet or feel more comfortable doing so that they'll call me and say, let's continue, you know, and that's all we can hope for right now. But, um, after the initial kind of shock of so many things being put on hold, I think some brands realized that they were ready to pivot or kind of think about how they can still work with their creators in a way that made sense uh, in the current climate. And so I did have a little bit of a bounce back of brands coming back and being like, oh, actually, now we're doing this campaign for XYZ nonprofit. Can you help support this? Or can you wear your product at home and show us how you're styling it at home and that kind of thing. So I think there was a bit of a pivot there where some brands who did still have budgets were kind of like, okay, let's rethink of how we can still work with influencers, work with creators right now. You know, I'm thankful that I didn't go totally dry. I do still have some jobs in the pipeline. I think it's just all about being sensitive to the situation and being, you know, gentle on each other. I think obviously the times are unprecedented. We all know that and we haven't had to navigate this before on the brand side or the influencer side. So just being open with each other and trying to work through everything in a way that makes sense and doesn't offend anyone. But yeah, sorry, that's a whole can of worms. No, I I really, no, I love that. You were so eloquent in expressing a lot of the feelings and experiences that I've had since, you know, lockdown. I'm curious though, you know, with these brands who still have some residual budget to pay influencers for activations, have you noticed, were they, you know, when they approached you, were they like, look, we don't really know where the company's going right now. This Mm -hmm. is our budget. Budget, it's, you know, significantly less than maybe what we would mm-hmm. pay you before. Or are you noticing that people are still open to paying you a rate that you're getting pre-COVID? No, I think the rates are definitely lower across the board. And that's what I've really been grappling with and struggling with. It's like, do I take these jobs for so much less than my standard rate right now because I need the money and because, you know, I have bills to pay? Or is that in the long run going to hurt our rates as a whole across the board as an influencer community? Like, is that hurting each other if we're all starting to take jobs 
at far less than our value. Are we devaluing ourselves? You know, so it's been hard for me. I think there are brands that I, I think I'm just trying to prioritize the brands I know and love and trust and I'm loyal to and have worked with, you know, for a long time and kind of, yeah, just keep the conversation open with them. But it's also interesting to see how the projects themselves are changing. For example, many brands do regular photo shoots. You know, they have new arrivals coming in all the time. They have to shoot them on a model to post them on the site. Well, guess what? Those shoots can't happen right now. So I had a couple brands reach out and ask if I could shoot some product for them to use um, the imagery on their website, which, you know, is different because I'm not posting anything. It's not really like a typical partnership because I'm not posting any of this imagery. It's more so more so for their use on their, you know, website and marketing channels. So I think that's actually I was excited. I think that's pretty cool. I think that's, you know, the brand is being resourceful. It's thinking of new ways to create the content that they need and to utilize the community of talent around them in a new way. So I thought that was interesting. And I have seen a couple brands. I know Reformation has been doing the same free people. A couple brands have started to kind of feature quote unquote, influencer imagery on their product pages. Yeah, I definitely noticed that on your page, you know, like Mm -hmm. how you've been working with brands and whatnot. And, you know, I definitely have to say there's an art to navigating how to do that. Because, um, again, we are living in very strange times and people are just really emotional right now. Even what I've noticed with myself and with other girls on the platform or guys on the platform, if they're posting, you know, something from, say, Paris Fashion Week, you know, obviously we're no longer in Paris, but that can be very triggering for people. People be like, why are you posting this right now? This is so insensitive or this and that. And I think you touched on it earlier, but this whole pandemic has completely changed how so many of us decide to narrate our content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of within that mix of working with brands of, you know, finding ways to express ourselves and offer value to our followers, there is kind of this burgeoning new wave of collaboration, I feel, you know, for anyone who is an influencer or, you know, maybe just watching from the outside. Influencers, we get a bad rap, right? People generally have distaste for influencers. And it's because I think widely the community, especially a lot of, you know, the really, really big influencers in our ecosystem, oftentimes these collaborations are very transactional. Essentially, they use the influencer as a model. Whereas now, I mean, with brands with more limited budget, uncertainty about the future, having to be much more sensitive to their following and their customer base, that type of way of working together has completely changed because, I mean, I know for myself, I don't want to see anything transactional right now. You know, that's the opposite of what I want to see. And for all of those brands that are being innovative, they're stepping up and, you know, working with girls like yourself and being like, hey, can you shoot this for us in your own way? And then we use this on the website. Yeah, I mean, I have to say it's not easy to decide, you know, what to do right now. I think every project that comes in, I'm like, is this worth it? You know, and I have had a handful, you know, overall, I think I'm lucky that I don't deal with a ton of bullies or, you know, unpleasant followers on a regular basis on Instagram and in the community that I've built. And I'm thankful for that. But there's definitely been a couple DMs that have come through or comments that have come through that are like, even just commenting on something I'm wearing. And it's just like, I can't believe you're wearing this $300 blouse right now. 
it's so insensitive, you know, and that kind of thing. And I'm like, half the time, I'm like, you know, if if only three people out of 300,000 are upset with me right now, then I'm doing okay. <laughs> and then on yeah. the other hand, you know, and I kind of just ignore and, and just go on doing what I feel is right. But those comments do stick with me. And I'm guilty sometimes of responding and just like engaging in a conversation. And I do find that when I do respond, sometimes they end up kind of softening their tone and coming around and opening up to what I have to say and vice versa. And so that's why I do take the time now and then to engage with these comments and kind of just get to the bottom of it. But right now, like you said, it's just tough. Everyone's extremely emotional. Everyone's extremely sensitive, myself included. And in or outside of this current situation, I'm always just trying to do what I feel is right and what comes naturally to me and what I'm excited about and what feels organic to me. And that still stands true in this current time, if not more so. But yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster every single day, you know, trying to decide what's best for me and my community, but also my livelihood. One thing I've conversed about with my followers is that you can't assume you know everything about someone based on what you see on social media. And especially right now, I don't want to feel like any guilt about collaborating with brands or taking jobs right now, because frankly, my dad is out of work. My mom's a gig worker as well. Like I'm probably going to have to send them money any day now. You know what I mean? Like we all Mm. have outside concerns. We have bills to pay. We have family members who are likely out of work because of what's happening. We are all just kind of like trying to get by right now, um, influencers included. So I just wish that we could kind of disperse some of the negative connotations that come with, you know, brand collaborations and ads and that kind of thing right now. And I do think we have to be sensitive to the context and, and, you know, what, what we're pushing and what we're saying. But I also wish that we could all kind of have some empathy for each other right now. When I kind of think about what you just, what you just said, having compassion for one another at this time, because in what other profession where you're offered a job and everyone sees it, you know, everyone mm-hmm. is going to be exposed to it. Like, say, if you were doing a piece, you know, if you were writing a piece, your name would be there, but it's right. visually not as direct as you posting a photo. And I, you know, I've expressed this myself many times is that like, this is the vocation we've all chosen. Mm-hmm. And just like everybody else, you know, like, this is how we pay our bills. And I guess for anyone who's tuning in, who's curious, I mean, Alyssa and I, we both live in New York. I'm still having to pay my rent. There is no furloughing the rent. There's no delaying the rent. I have to find some way to pay $3,000 in rent. I have to find a way to sustain all of these bills that I have to pay for my assistant to to pay for internet bills and mm-hmm. and all of these other things. And, and like you said, right, if you have family members that may be relying on you, that's something else, you know, I've considered as well because my mom is not able to work right now either. Mm-hmm. And there was, you know, like a, a hot second where my sister decided that it wouldn't be safe for her to go to work. So we are in a very kind of precarious situation. And, and that's why I really wanted to understand how everybody else was feeling who was like a a, a gig econ worker because especially like in the creative industry because I think we're in a very kind of niche circle and mm-hmm. you know within the creative industry there's just so much innovation happening all the time and I just yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see how other people in the industry are 
navigating their way through this really strange and, and, you know, often very sad, sad times. Yeah. And there's just, you know, like everyone knows this, but there's just so much uncertainty right now, even for our industry specifically. And I'm trying to, I think there was a, a period of time where I kept saying like, oh, when things go back to normal, or I kept seeing other people being like, when things go back to normal. And, I, and I'm starting to move away from that phrase or mm-hmm. that idea because- Same. I don't think we're going back to normal and it's definitely not going to be like flipping a switch, you know? And so I'm trying to realize that and it's sad. And I think there's some grieving that has to happen, but I think we also all have to stay optimistic for the positive ways in which our industry can change and in which the world can change. And, you know, there are days when I wake up and I feel very optimistic about what that looks like. And then there are days when I just want to lay in bed and cry and that's okay too. Where do you think everything is going to land or where do you think, you know, what do you think is the direction that this whole fashion influencer, Instagram, gig economy is heading towards? I am still working through this in my mind. I think I definitely don't have the answers, but I think there is definitely one thing I've noticed and that I've talked with a couple of friends about is that there's this added awareness about where our money is going Mm -hmm. and about who we're supporting and um, what brands we're supporting and where goods are coming from across the board. And I think that's really amazing, honestly, because I think we were starting to get there as far as holding each other accountable for supporting brands that are making positive changes. But I think this is like another push that we needed to go that direction as far as, you know, supporting small businesses, supporting local businesses, um, supporting sustainable and ethical businesses, whatever that means to you and your values. But I think that's just being, um, just getting even more and more important and will continue to be important after, you know, we come out the other side of this, um, whatever that looks like. So it's been interesting for me too, because I had a business idea that's been kind of lingering in my mind and was kind of always put on the back burner because of all the millions of things we're doing every single day. And it kind of just kept getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And I won't say too much about it, but it is centered around the idea of supporting small businesses and small brands, which is something that I've always been really passionate about, but is now just even more ignited right now in the current climate. And the best thing to me is when people say they come to my page and they discover a new brand or a brand they hadn't heard of before or seen anywhere else. And that's so rewarding to me. So I'm kind of trying to build this business now. And especially since you know, some consulting projects are on hold, some Instagram projects are on hold, the traveling, the events, everything is on hold. I'm kind of now getting the time to focus on this business idea and bring it to life during this time. And it's pretty cool to see that it feels more timely now even than ever. So more to come on that. But I think that is one silver lining for me personally is just being able to focus on this project and also just that it's centered around small brands and small businesses because I think that's something that's just going to continue to be important. Yeah, I can attest. I always find the coolest brands on your page. I'm always like <laughs> copying the link and being like, I have to check out this designer later because there are so many brands out there, but you really are great at like curating and selecting brands that are affordable and doing like great things and brands that are just like more representative of like real humans. You know exactly. What I mean? And that's kind of my goal and that's where my passions lie. So more to come on that front. I think, you know, you and I have kind of been seeing the flip side of this whole lockdown in that 
I mean, for anyone who's tuning in right now who is in a similar position, you know, to you and I, who's freelancing or who kind of works, you know, from one gig to the other, because a lot of these projects are put on hold right now, I think now is if you have, you know, the mental, emotional, spiritual kind of openness to do so is to really like dive into your creativity and dive into all of those like back burner projects that you may not have had the time to do before because you were just, you know, like having to get that next paycheck to pay rent, having to do that next project. And for myself, I mean, understanding that everything is really has been put on pause more or less. It's also been liberating in a sense because now I'm like, I have no idea financially where any of this is going to go. So mm-hmm. I want to focus on things that I'm really passionate about. And like yourself, I remember you told me about this project when we were in Paris or something like that. And, you know, I've had so many things on the back burner as well. And I'm like, no, this is the time I'm going to mobilize all of the things that I've been so passionate about for so long, you know, like having conversations like these, giving a voice to people who may not have the opportunity to speak their truths and what is on their minds and sharing, you know, like the other aspects of my life, you know, like yoga, food, like meditation, like all of those things that for people who know me, those are the biggest things in my life. And now, I mean, we're living in a time where everyone is like invested in wellness, invested in the idea of like self-care. So I think it's a really interesting moment for people to I feel almost in a way express their most truest self, if that makes sense. Exactly. Even little things like doing makeup, for example. I pretty much, you know, in quote unquote regular life before this, just did the same, you know, easy, barely there makeup every day just because I was too busy to think about doing anything else. But I always like had a lot of other cool products that I wanted to try that were kind of sitting around I was always saving like beauty inspiration and stuff. And now all of a sudden with this like extra time, makeup has become this really cool new pastime and hobby for me. Like I'll just hole up in the bathroom for an afternoon and just take out a bag of like eyeshadows and liners and lipsticks and just play and just create. And that's been really fun for me. So I think just discovering even, you know, not only these big like business ideas and like projects that you've been dreaming about, those two, if you're up for it, like you said, but also just the little creative, fun ways to spend our time these days. Those have been really uplifting for me. I mean, your makeup looks are so good. Like the one with the daisies. (laughs) I was like, how long did it take her to do that perfectly on both eyelids? longer than I'll probably like to admit, but it's it's been fun. It was so good, though. It was so good. Okay, to finish this off, because I always want to end on a positive note, or I mean, I have a weird relationship with that word right now, but let's just use it because I can't think of another one. What are some things that are bringing you joy right now? It can be food. It can be like a podcast. It can be a movie. What are some things that are just making you smile? Um, I really look forward to our nights of kind of just watching movies or shows. I am not a huge 
a TV watcher or, you know, I, I consider myself more of a movie person than a TV person. And I'm that person who watches like all the cool TV shows like a year later after everyone already watched <laughs> it. So, um, or even longer in the case of we've been watching The Sopranos, which is a classic. Oh, no, you've never watched The Sopranos. Never, <laughs> never. So I'm like, now's my chance. We're on season two. We're chugging along through The Sopranos. We're also watching some like Francis Coppola films, like just classic classic films mm. we watched apocalypse now that like extended director's cut and my boyfriend works in film so he's always mm. big on digging up some some good treasures for us to watch so that's been exciting for me and i've also um started playing with oven bake clay <laughs> and making oh, tiny what? furniture out of clay yeah so it's been getting weird but honestly it's been fun and these little these little new hobbies have been bringing me so much joy Okay, that's so great to hear. I mean, I can't wait to see whatever you make in your oven. Like, are you gonna make like a dining table? <laughs> or like, I'm like, trying to imagine what you're like, you doing in the kitchen. Out, you can check okay, out the highlight I, on my feed. Um, but yeah, basically, I just pull up like inspirational furniture, and I just like mold it mini sized out of clay. Yeah. <laughs> It's really fun. Well, you see, if your influencer career just doesn't go where you want it to go, you can just be a miniature ceramicist exactly. furniture maker. Exactly. I'm that's into the, it. That's the fallback plan. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time. And I have to say, you're always such a breath of fresh air. Like whenever I see you, you always make me smile and you're so open and you're so graceful. So thank you so much thank for sharing so much. so much of yourself. And I know this is going to be so like so helpful for people. Totally. Thank you for doing this. And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay, cool. See you sometime in 2020. <laughs> see you when I see you. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. Next, makeup artist Megan Way, aka Megan Way on Instagram. So let's get started. Thanks for doing this, girlfriend. Yeah, for sure. So tell us what you do, Megan. Well, I am a makeup artist and I'm a freelance makeup artist in New York City. And um, I also, I mean, I don't know if I should even say this, but I create content on Instagram for a part of it too. Yeah. So you're, I mean, you're a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. You do paid content. So Megan also is an influencer as well, you know, like in the kind of the beauty sphere. And you mentioned earlier that you're a freelance makeup artist. What is the difference between a freelance makeup artist and maybe an artist who's represented by an agency? If you're represented by an agency, you can still be a freelance artist. Oh, okay. What I mean by being a freelance makeup artist is that I don't work for any particular brand. And if you say there's an Estee Lauder, you can be a makeup artist, but you are employed by them, which then doesn't make you freelance. Right. Got it. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been freelancing for now? I've been freelancing on coming up on 10 years and um, I started right out of high school in LA because, you know, my mom was like, you're not going to art school. So being a makeup artist became my, you know, creative outlet. And after 10 years of being in the industry, I mean, what does that mean to have like 10 years on your resume? Like, are you consistently getting work? How are you finding clients, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I feel like it's been so nice because now I'm able to make a living solely from being a makeup artist. Whereas in the past, I felt like I've had to do odd jobs to continue to freelance as a makeup artist. So 
I feel like I've seen the industry change a lot too. So it's nice to be able to have different options for what kind of route you want to take within makeup. Right. I think that's a really interesting point because, you know, I mean, like the whole beauty industry has changed so much. I mean, especially with the advent of YouTube and a lot of like beauty influencers coming out of that space. And now, you know, like obviously the dominance of beauty on Instagram and whatnot. So I agree with you, you know, like entire industries, including fashion and photography, have been completely changed, right, with the use of social media. Exactly. What was it like the moment that you realized that, you know, COVID-19 was a real thing in the U.S. and that all of your gigs were likely going to be put on hold indefinitely? Well, when I first realized that this pandemic was real, I was a little scared, but there were so many people who were very calm about it. And we, of course, at that time, we didn't understand it very well. So I was actually at the end of a tour that I was on with um, a musical artist in the U.S. And we started to hear about cases of COVID in the U.S., but we had an entire tour in Europe scheduled for the month of March. And as time passed and it became a little more serious, I was afraid to go. And I was more scared about being in closed environments with lots of people more than I was about losing the job. In fact, I wanted to cancel myself, but I decided because we were so close to going on this month-long tour, I didn't want to bail and leave my client hanging. So I kind of decided to ride it out until the day before we were scheduled to fly out to Europe, the label and the agency got word that all of the venues were closing. So um, I was very scared, but I was relieved that shows were canceled, venues were closing down, borders were being closed down. And so therefore the tour had to be postponed. So at first I was feeling very relieved, but then a lot of other jobs that I had sprinkled through spring was uh, also being canceled, which started to worry me a lot. Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of us who are gig economy workers, for myself, I saw initially like one or two clients because, again, like the news was very convoluted. We didn't really know exactly what was happening, especially in the Mm -hmm. U.S., because it was different from state to state. And really, when they started locking down the big states, when the cases started getting really intense, it was for me, too, I was like, okay, this is... This is going to be the new normal, you know, like any gig that I had before is indefinitely going to be put on hold now. And I'm going to have to decide what to do with my time. And, you know, I've noticed with what you've been doing, you know, like moving on to TikTok and exploring new ways to express yourself. How have you remained creative during this time and how have you continued contributing to your own community? Well, one of the things that I've done to stay creative is starting to try things that I have always been wanting to or and have been too tired to in the past or had no time for. And that's like cooking and learning recipes that, you know, remind me of my childhood and also just trying new things like TikTok, like you mentioned. And it's just been so much fun because it feels like you can just create without 
having it have to do with work or something that I need to post on social media. And have you found that to be really liberating? Yeah, completely. It changes the way that I do things too. And I read an article recently that you contributed to. It was an article about fillers and Botox. (laughs) Basically, it's run its course and no one can go see their doctors right now. And you were one of the makeup experts that they'd reach out to to be like, hey, can you give us some tips on how to replicate this look? Have you been doing a lot of that, like contributing to magazines, contributing to other kind of beauty platforms that you may have worked with in the past? Yeah, so far I've worked with Allure a couple of times already. And What's nice to see is that a lot of publications and brands are starting to shift the way that they do things. And Allure in particular has a few article ideas and Instagram story ideas that I've been able to help with. And that's been really nice. Yeah. You know, I'm really interested because, you know, like a lot of photographers, you can't go to a studio right now. You can't like do test shoots. You can't sit down with a model. And a lot of photographers and, you know, even a close friend of mine, Christina, she's started doing virtual shoots via FaceTime. And I know Tyler, who is, you know, another guest on this particular episode, he's been doing the same thing. As a makeup artist, where do you think this is going to go? Or like, how do you think you can start working with clients indirectly? Do you think it's even possible as a makeup artist to do that? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Because I mean, just like you mentioned, the nature of our job requires us to be in direct physical contact with other people. And having to reshift our thinking into ways that we can be useful is a little overwhelming. I have found that creating online content and like creating Instagram stories to help people apply makeup in the situation they're in, whether it's like for Zoom meetings or if they're doing like a FaceTime date, you know, I feel Mm. like my friends and like my family have always called me whenever they wanted makeup tips. And I felt like I did little tutorials through FaceTime. So this is kind of prepped me for a new way of looking at how I can still contribute my skill and my knowledge. We're definitely going to be linking to your Instagram account, but like (laughs) Megan honestly does really thorough, quick, knowledge-based makeup application, you know, whether you're trying to get a cat eye or you're trying to get like contour cheeks or whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, You're really, really good at that. And I'm, you know, like as an outsider, I'm just really interested to see like how all creatives within the fashion beauty space Mm -hmm. are going to pivot during this time. And, you know, this is a conversation I've had on this podcast, as well as in meetings on Zoom with a lot of creative people. And it's that this moment in our history right now for many of us is an inflection point in our careers. You know, I mean, you touched on it a little earlier, how a lot of the constraints of conducting our lives, you know, whether it be digitally or professionally, have really been within some traditional framework. You know what I mean? It's like you got to post a certain thing on Instagram. You got to do it at a certain time. Exactly. Um, this is how you work with clients. This is the kind of photo, you know, you should be posting. And, and now, I mean, that whole framework is being completely tossed out 
the window. Yeah. And we have spoken personally about it, how that was why you started a TikTok account. But maybe to go (laughs) beyond that, do you feel like this is an inflection point in your own career? Do you feel like you're going to look back at this moment and be like, this was where I really started doing things differently? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always been interested in the kind of work that I do and the kind of content that I'm producing because, you know, I started my career as a makeup artist around the time that YouTube tutorials became a thing. And a part of me feels like this is something I've always wanted to do. But because YouTube and, you know, online makeup artists weren't seen as like real makeup artists. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they weren't taken seriously for being a real makeup artist. So I felt like if I wanted to make myself known as a true makeup artist, I would have had to take the traditional route, which was to do fashion week, to move to New York, to work backstage and uh, to assist. Right. And I've always put away that desire to create content online and work with brands and to teach, really. I just wanted to teach what I knew and what I learned. And I think that this opportunity, I mean, I, I understand that there's, you know, we're facing a crisis. But I feel like this opportunity has allowed me to really step into what I've really always wanted to do. Mm. And um, yeah, it's also changing for everyone else, because I think everyone is a little less judgmental and less guarded. So other makeup artists and creators that I know are starting to really step into the social media space. Right. And and a very direct question, are you still making money? Are you making any money right now? Like, you know, a lot of these things that you do, you know, whether you write something for Allure or you're contributing to this space Mm -hmm. or that space or you're working with like a beauty brand, are you being paid right now for any of that? Um, For Allure, I'm not, but that's like almost any editorial, as you know, Mm -hmm. it's not about the money, but about the work and the exposure and the connections with people. And so I'm not getting paid for that right now. But I am working with brands who have always created content online with influencers or, you know, who are starting to shift the way that they work to include influencers. Yeah, I guess ultimately, the knowledge I've gleaned from, you know, talking to you and to Tyler and to Alyssa is we're all returning to a space of just making for the sheer pleasure of making stuff. And in this very interim, unknown moment, right? In all of our lives, that's the only thing that can really guide you. That's the only thing. I mean, that's the only thing that gets me out of bed, right, is understanding that I'm making something that's valuable and I'm, you know, following my heart doing so. And it's really galvanizing to know that other creatives are feeling and navigating their way through all of this in a very similar fashion. Yeah, No, exactly. I feel the same way. Maybe just to end this, what advice would you have for makeup artists, for any makeup artists in the game right now who might be struggling, you know, who might be a little scared of what to do next? What would you tell them? My advice for other artists going through this is to remember your true goal and 
the reason why you're doing this. Mm. Because I feel like sometimes we can get so caught up in, you know, building our brand, doing work, pushing out content, and really just trying to keep up that we don't get the opportunity to pause for a moment and remember the true reason we're doing this, because that's what sustains us through the highs and the lows like this. And it can get very low. So yes. (laughs) And so to know what your purpose is, is what's really important. That's a great way to end this. And I have the exact same sentiments. Thank you, Megan. This was so great. Thank you, Vanessa. Here is Tyler Joe, aka Tyler Joe on Instagram. Hi, Tyler. How are you doing? I'm actually really tired because I just finished filming a TikTok. (laughs) I mean, TikTok, you are eating up everybody's time right now. Okay, let's just get started. Tyler, what do you do? I am a photographer. I take editorials, commercial work. I, As you know, I am a street style photographer also, so I travel the world and document fashion weeks. And I also kind of like produce photo shoots too on the side and make content that way. So yeah, I do a ton of stuff. So that's how I know you. I know you from the fashion week circuit. And, you know, for anyone who's, you know, tuning in who may not be familiar with the Fashion Week circuit, you can always go back to Tommy Tan's episode because Tommy also being a street style photographer. But essentially, you know, like every single year there are Fashion Week seasons and there are photographers like Tyler who are on the street capturing street style. And you mentioned you do a lot of stuff and all of this work involves being around people. And, you know, since the lockdown, you're no longer able to do this work. So what were your thoughts when you initially heard that New York was locking down? And yeah, go into it. I mean, it was kind of a, I kind of got a head start before everyone else, right? I think the big European outbreak was in Milan and we were all there in Milan for Fashion Week. And so that's when it kind of started to hit and kind of spread around the world. And so when I came back to New York, I was automatically quarantined for two weeks the second I got back from Paris. So I don't think it was until like two more weeks after that. And that's when New York kind of went down on like official work from home lockdown. And during that two weeks, I kind of just got a head start in the sense that, I don't know, like I was accepted of the fact that I just had to stay at home. But then Mm. once I realized that it was going to be a continued ongoing thing indefinitely, that's when I kind of thought, like, how am I actually going to do my work? You know, like, because like you said, my work involves being around people, being in studios, being on location. I don't know. I just kind of like went with it. And I was working with a ton of magazines at the time. And we were trying to figure out all these new alternatives to do a photo shoot. Mm. The obvious solution was like a FaceTime shoot or a Zoom shoot, right? Basically, this webcam with someone and like screenshot it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, that's really the only way I can do my shoots right now. Yeah. And it's kind of fun. Honestly, I've done a few and it's they're challenging trying to like learn the tech on both ends, right? Because if my tech is fine, like my internet and my, my computer camera or whatever, that doesn't mean the model or the talent's computer or internet is always up to par. I feel you. That's how I feel like with recording this podcast. I'm just like praying to God that the person on the other side actually has their earphones yeah. on properly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. And so like it's actually just really had me re-examine my entire career because I have to really reshape mm. it at this time, right? 
right? There's no way of existing in the world that I used to exist in prior. And for any of us, yeah. like I said, my work involves being outside and being with people and even having the equipment to do so, right? Mm. So I've pivoted kind of into a kind of like a, a content creator and an editor role uh, for mm. the time being. So I'm actually pitching a lot of stories that don't even have to do with me technically shooting something physically. I mean, I have been, but then I think it's more interesting to find ways to come up with stories for magazines that are visually driven and visually inspired, but doesn't necessarily have to be me, for example, taking the photograph. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So when basically the rest of us understood that, you know, life was not going to continue as normal and that we would all have to be stationed at home. Oh, my God. Were you ever scared at any point about your work and about like your finances? I mean, for me speaking on the other side, you know, as an influencer and model, like all of my gigs were put indefinitely on hold. All the coin purses were kind of tied up because it seemed just like a lot of brands didn't know how to move forward and like didn't really know how to narrate commerce, you know, during this time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was definitely scared for sure. Because right before all of this, I was telling myself like, man, 2020 is going to be the year. Like this is it. Right? Like I swear to God, this was my, (laughs) this is our year, man. Yes. Like right after Paris, I was like, yo, I'm about to go to Belize for a week for this awesome photo shoot. And then I had another project right after going to, one project was going to take me to Singapore, Dubai, London, Paris, LA. And there was like a huge campaign and I was like, yo, this is a great start to the year. And then during those two weeks when I was home, during my initial quarantine, that's when everyone was slowly like, hey, you know, I think we're going to have to reschedule. And it wasn't necessarily a cancellation. So I wasn't Mm. like super worried at first. But then like I realized after hearing the news and everything and like hearing experts talk about like what the future looks like for us, you know, we're probably going to be in this situation more or less for a year to maximum two years until like a vaccine is mass produced, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just throwing a number out there, but estimate. And I think it wasn't until like a couple like weeks ago where I got really scared. Like I was just like, man, like Mm. my work is non-existent anymore. And I'm sure you can get a couple things here and there, but like ultimately it's not the same. So I don't know, man. I just tried to really stay positive. For me, I'm a very positive person. And totally. I have to stay positive myself or I start to spiral. Right. And for me, I just had to find things at home that made me happy and to kind mm-hmm. of just get my head in the right place. Right. And, you know, some things fell into place after doing so. But um, But to answer the question, I was very scared, yes. But I'm not scared anymore. I'm just kind of... I'm just happy that, first of all, like my friends and family are healthy. I think at the end of the day, we realize kind of what's really like important in our lives and what we really need. And so I've kind of reevaluated things in my life. I mean, yeah, I'm still scared, kind of, right? We all are. Yeah, I was. I mean, when it first started happening for me and I started seeing like, you know, my agent was like, look, like, I know we had this thing, you know, obviously this is canceled. Initially, it was like, okay, let's reevaluate this next month. And then it was like, oh, you know, actually, we're going to need another two months. And now most of the conversations I'm having are like, let's look at this in like late 2020, essentially. You brought something up earlier. Like, at what point were you like, okay, you know, so this is the situation. Some of these jobs are put on hold. I'm not going to be going to Belize. I'm not going to Dubai. At what point were you like, I'm going to now shift how I'm going to make content? 
I don't know if there was a point. I think it was just kind of like an, uh, a natural progression of boredom. Because <laughs> yeah. normally when I come back, I'm when I come back from fashion week, I'm always busy. I'm always doing something, right? Like I'm always working for like eight or nine different magazines at the same time while working for different brands at the same time. And if I'm not shooting something, I'm like concepting something and producing mm. something. Or I'm like, you know, spending time with my girlfriend. So I'm always doing something on the run, right? Mm. And, you know, when I'm home and I can't go out, yeah. I was like, well, what am I going to do? Well, I guess I'll make a TikTok. And yeah. then so I was just making a ton of TikToks in my house. I couldn't leave. Right. And um, there's a couple of things I learned from them. One, well, let me just tell you. The first time I actually tried to make a TikTok, I, I felt so dumb. I'm like, I put the phone down at the desk. I was trying to learn one of those dumb TikTok dances, like the Renegade yeah. dance. And I, I just saw myself in the in the first person camera screen doing it. And I'm like, what am I doing? Oh, man, this is, this is embarrassing. And that was the moment yeah. I realized, okay, if I'm going to make a TikTok, I cannot do the TikTok dances. Because first of all, I can't really dance. So I'm not going to even oh, try to Oh, come on. I've no, seen I you. Can. <laughs> I can vibe. I can vibe, but I can't dance. Okay. There's a, okay. There's a clear right. difference. I'll give you that. Yeah. So that's when I was like, okay, I cannot do that. I'm just going to like vibe. At the end of the day, I just put on music and I just dance in my house and do funny, dumb yeah. things. And like, I'm just laughing at myself and I'm like, haha, this is so ridiculous. But like, you know, it, it kind of gets me out of the headspace of like all the things that are happening right now because weirdly every conversation i have is about covid mm -hmm. and to kind of just get away from that for 15 minutes 30 minutes yeah makes me a bit happier and so i just yeah. started making these tiktoks during my free time and then i started posting them on instagram and oh my god i've gotten so much engagement than like yeah than any of my normal content right and i was like oh this is interesting yeah and as i started doing it more i realized it made other people happy and it helped them in a way that i had no way of intending it to be mm. for example i got a message from a few like hundreds of people but then one person specifically was like hey tyler like i'm in the hospital right now and i was supposed oh to gosh. be released today right and i couldn't for whatever reason and i i follow you and i love your content but i saw your tiktok this morning and it really made me laugh and smile and i just wanted to let you know that it really helped me get through today and i was like damn whoa Mm. My dumb little dances in my apartment that happened because I was bored actually have some sort of effect on like the community around yeah. me of what's going on. And right. that was when I was like, oh, like this isn't just like an empty content. Like this is something that I can at least contribute in a, in a weird small way that in my own way. Right. So. Mm. Yeah. And I think you I mean, I also feel like the word of this 2020 quarantine among creatives is the word pivot. Right. Like I feel like I've heard that word over and over and over again where people are like, okay, well, this is like one way that I was operating pre-COVID, but obviously with the restrictions of like being at home, um, you have to operate in an entirely different way. And I mean, the the three people I've chosen um, to kind of talk about the gig economy, all three of you have exhibited um almost like a renaissance of sorts in how you make content and how you share yourselves. And it's really interesting because, you know, all of these so-called dumb things, I mean, I love your videos, <laughs> have also like opened the door for you to do larger collaborations. Like you did something on, on Elle recently, right? Elle magazine. I did an Instagram live with Elle mm. to kind of teach or educate their 
audience on just content creation during quarantine. Mm. Kind of the same conversation we're having, like, you know, how can we pivot and how have I pivoted and sharing my, I guess, my thoughts and what I've learned from pivoting and, and mm. within the TikTok space. And then so I brought on Brittany Xavier, who I think also is pivoting really well into that new platform. And we were just talking about TikTok and making TikToks and what the state of social media was during the time of COVID. And then at the very end, I just had this idea like, hey, like, we're on Instagram Live talking about TikTok. How about we make a TikTok? Yeah. It was just kind of like an on-the-fly, spur-of-the-moment thing. And Brittany's like, right. wait, what? And I was like, yeah, let's like <laughs> make a TikTok on Instagram yeah. Live talking about TikTok. Yeah. She's like, okay. And so right. we just, I just kind of directed her and everyone didn't really know what we were doing. And then we put it out and I think it's really cute. Yeah. And I, you know, I think that's why I also was telling someone earlier, like, how you conduct yourself and create content during this super pressure cooked moment in history is really going to determine like where your career is going to go after this because nothing's going to be the same, right? And I think for all of us who work in the digital fashion space, um, I think a lot of people have been complaining, you know, for a while yeah. about how it's just become kind of the same deal over and over again. You know, I talked to Tommy late last year about street style and the state of that. And boring. yeah, bored. It's like so that, boring. that was a word that Tommy brought up, you know, that it's become extremely transactional. And when, I mean, pre-COVID looking at street style, just looking at like the digital fashion space in general, like the word that would always come to mind for me was like ubiquity. It was just like, all the yeah. girls look the same. Everything was the same. And everyone just kind of continued along doing this, right? Because everyone, this is how we get paid, right? Like this is yeah. how we pay our bills at the end of the day. And many of us, myself included, I mean, I didn't want to bite the hand that feeds me, right? Because I don't know what's on the other side. And now during this whole COVID situation, right? I feel in a strange way, like the power is now in, back in our hands, you know, as the creators versus like us having to cater to what a brand may expect of us. Yeah, I find it interesting in, in, in the sense that like, even if you look at the ubiquity of all the, all the influencers, how everyone kind of looked the same mm. and like did the same thing in the space. And now within COVID, everyone's in quotes pivoting. And you look at those same people and let's just say they think they're pivoting by going on TikTok and like mm. translating their content into the language of TikTok, right? Like Instagram language and TikTok language is yeah. a very different form of communication, right. different audience, different way of, of, of creating. And so a lot of people are changing or adapting that platform into their workflow. But yeah. I've noticed that everyone still does the same on TikTok. Oh my God, thank you for it's saying this. Different. Thank you like, for saying this. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. You're doing it differently, but you're doing the same thing as everyone else in your specific space. And yeah. I don't think that's interesting. That's a really good tip, right? For those of us who are and you know do work in the digital space is that you have to find your own way to use TikTok. And you, I mean, Tyler, you kind of touched on that earlier where you're like, okay, I tried the dances. I can vibe, but I can't dance. But I'm going to find another way to use this platform because, I mean, again, like if we're trying to move away from that ubiquity, if we're trying to move away from sameness, how you conduct yourself right now is going to directly affect your money flow, your collaboration flow, 
post-COVID? Yeah, I, th- I think it really speaks to a couple points. Like one, it really weeds out and shows you who can really totally. thrive with nothing, totally. right? Mm-hmm. Like I think a mm-hmm. lot of people really rely on these trips and these brand opportunities to put mm-hmm. them in the position of succeeding. All you have to mm-hmm. do is take a picture in this beautiful island that this brand takes you to and it's yeah. going to be – like people are going to love that shit because like they want to do it. They want to be there. They want to be you. But like when you're stuck in your apartment, like everyone else, what can you produce now that people can relate to, Yeah, you know, and it really shows you who can and can't do that. But also going back to like how everyone's like making the same content. It's interesting because a lot of people are jumping on TikTok because it's like the wild, wild west of social media right now. Right. Yeah. You think yeah. about Instagram, Five, eight years ago, people were like just using it as a fun picture sharing platform. And then now it's like a whole business economy, right? And people are able to monetize it in all different sorts of ways. But Mm. you've seen that grow and evolve within like five, eight years. And like, you know, it takes a long time to even gain like three, four million followers within that time. And you're still successful. But then on TikTok, it's so exponential. You'll see people gain like that, you know, Charlie D'Amelio, like 40 million followers in like four or five months. That's insane. And then so people see that that's the formula of success. And so they now do it. It's almost almost like the TikTok dance is equivalent to the Instagram (laughs) picture where the girl is like, She's like running towards the beach. She's, she's got her hand behind her and, the, and her boyfriend's holding the phone. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. I remember like, those damn pictures. Well, that's it's That picture for Instagram is a very, it's, it's an Instagram basic picture. Like it's yeah. known to be a basic Instagram picture. And so now on TikTok, that is the new basic thing. It's like got it. the prescribed dance. And I think that's mm-hmm. what they're equivalent to. And so again, if you just do what everyone else does, you're not going to mm-hmm. stand out. Like you, people did on Instagram, you have to find your own voice, your own kind of uh, identity and mm. portray that. Otherwise, yeah, you're just like everyone else. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, these, I guess, like consulting gigs that you have right now, are you still being paid or are you doing this as like a pro bono situation where it's kind of like a cross-pollination between your account and yeah, the other account? Yeah, it's definitely a cross-pollination. I definitely okay. don't want to just be like, well, like you hired me for X, so we're doing Y now, so I'm going to charge you for Y. I like to invest in my in my clients and the people I work with. You know, mm-hmm. I won't take on something I don't believe in. Um, so if I'm working with someone and things change, listen, it's affecting not only me, but it's affecting them too. So mm. we all have to find ways to work together. And I feel like if I can't contribute in the way I used to be, then I'm going to contribute in a different way. But I feel like, you know, as long as we're helping each other out in the long run, I think, uh, it'll all pay off. That's how I'm kind of operating right now. That's how I'm totally operating as well. Like, and I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, I feel like, I mean, for myself, I feel like I'm at that that same like moment in my own career, like 10 years ago when I started a blog. Yes, people, yeah. when people still went on desktops to look at websites. <laughs> and this was like pre-Instagram, pre-everything. And I remember in that moment, I was just making stuff because... I wanted to, you know what I mean? It was like I had a full-time job and I was leaving my job at the end of the day to like shoot an outfit every single day and then edit it. Because it felt like fun, right? Yes, because it was fun and because I was like, this is what I want to do. And 
you know, like, of course, once you get caught up in the machinations of recognizing that you get paid doing this and maybe you have to work with people that you don't want to work with, like, it really fucking jades you. Oh, my God. And I feel like now I'm back at this moment where I'm like, look, all my gigs are on hold. Honestly, I really don't care, you know, if I'm going to be stepping on somebody's toes, if I'm doing this or that. So I just want to do me. And, you know, I see that in your work and your transition. And I see that in other people's as well. And in a strange way, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm so pessimistic about the industry (laughs) as a whole. And for the first time, I'm starting to see like maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like maybe there is hope for content. I think it's like what you were saying about going back to doing what you love, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's really the key. And I think people can read, like your audience can really sense the genuine content. Like Mm -hmm. before, you know, I was just posting photos of my street style photos, some of my editorials, some of my videos from street style. And like, they're all fun. Like I love it. But for me, like we said, street style was boring, which is why I had to make my videos to make it more fun. But even still, Mm -hmm. like it it just felt like a lot of the same every year, two seasons. And don't get me wrong. I do it because I love the people. I love seeing Mm -hmm. everyone again. Same. And it's not really about the job. I I love my job, but it's really about the people that you meet along the way. But going back to like loving and like loving what you're doing and passionately getting into it, I have a genuinely good time just making TikToks. And I think maybe that's why it translates the way it does. And because it's kind of like taken off, it's weird because I'm a photographer. So I'm normally behind the camera, right? Yeah. So now I'm kind of in front of the camera. I'm not really taking any pictures. I'm really just making content. And so like, even to this day, I don't even know like what the person like, who is Tyler in front of the camera? Like, I don't even know what that is yet. I'm just doing what I like doing, and I'm figuring it out right. along the way as we as we continue on down this path of uh, what the future holds for us. And, yeah, I mean, like, who knows? Like, like you said, this will change the future for all of us. I, I'm sure it's, it's already changing for me, like, exponentially, day by day. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out what I'm trying to do in the future now. <laughs> I mean, that was a very like existential statement there. Like who is Tyler in front of the camera versus behind the camera? Mm. And like I've done IG lives with brands, with founders who have never stepped in front of the camera, you know, like where they've always been behind the scenes, you know, being like, well, I make this product. The products will just, you know, speak for themselves and I don't need to be in front. But in this time right now, right, like where we're all lacking that sense of community and like actual human contact. I mean, you live with your girlfriend. I still like FaceTime with my friends and stuff. But like going on Instagram now, like my threshold for bullshit has just gotten down to such like a low level that I just don't want to make time, you know, for for any fluffy stuff. And I think a lot of people are recognizing that like, you know, who am I to think that I'm above doing an IG live? All of these old infrastructures of like how businesses should be run, like how a CEO should be seen, like how a founder should be, like that whole hierarchical system is basically being dismantled very quickly by this whole COVID situation. And if you're not stepping up, people are asking you to step off. Oh, 100%. Like, I would only say out of the my network that I follow, I only want to say like 5% of people are actually like, 
continually pivoting in a, in, in a positive way. Otherwise, it's the same content and I'm not interested because mm-hmm. like there are bigger things happening in the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, you're in New York as well. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there's other states in the U.S. that have started opening up and whatnot. But I don't know what the situation is going to be for us anytime soon. And I guess the only thing we can continue doing is just like generating content. Because like you said, right, before we think of finances and material things, it's like we got to go back to a moment where we're just creating because we want to create. And I think that's really good advice for anybody else who's in the gig economy, like whether you're a writer, you're a model, you're a photographer, is just to like revisit why you got into this in the first place. Oh, my God. I can't. I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, like, I want to go back to a story where how I I even got into photography, right? Like, oh yeah, I've always wondered how did you get started. <laughs> okay, so the story's not as interesting as as you would think. The reason I got into <laughs> photography was because I wanted the coolest MySpace photos profile pictures. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I bought a camera and I just like took all these cool photos just to have better MySpace photos of my friends because I, I don't know. And like through doing that. It was Mm -hmm. like fun. Like the act of taking photos was fun. And so I upgraded my camera like in the senior year of high school, my graduation money. And I got like my first DSLR. It was like a Nikon D40X, like a super small low-level camera. Mm -hmm. But like for me, that was like the coolest thing in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Like I I, I went to school for mechanical engineering. I didn't study photography. So Yeah, of course you did. (laughs) No, doctor, (laughs) lawyer, engineer, of course. Well, dude, I was pre-med, so so I mean – same boat. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same boat. So photography was always just like a hobby. And it was mm. always just like, I loved it. I would bring my camera to the, to the grocery store just to have it and just take pictures of everything, of everywhere I went. And I thought it was yeah. so fun. And that's how I really got into it. And then yeah. uh, speed up, you know, a couple of years. I'm doing it as, for my career now. And yeah. it's something different when you, you do something you love for work. And I think it's great. Like, I'm super blessed to be able to do that. And I would not have traded my past for any other past in the world. But something changes within it, I think. You have to find a way to fall in love back with it again, right? A hundred percent. In a different way. Or it just kind of falls flat. And I think I've I've done that in my own way. But Mm. the idea of falling in love with something and doing it, like, now, for me to stay creative – like photography is one thing, but now I'm like, okay, there's TikTok and that's one thing. And then now I'm even like, I bought this, it's called an NPC Live. It's like a production machine on one like sampling machine. So now I'm like, let's just make some music because I love music. Yes. And like, it's my biggest inspiration. Such a part of like your thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. My videos, it's always the backbone is the song that I choose. And I've always yeah, been into music. Yeah. And so now I'm like, fuck it, let me just make some. Yeah. We're just all discovering these new passions. And I think if I hadn't had the time to be quarantined, I would have never mm. have had any free time to then rediscover or want to try new things. I would have just kept doing the same and I would have, who knows of where that would have led to in a decade from now. But I think yeah. specifically for me, the quarantine and this COVID situation has forced me to go back and be purely creative for the sake of being creative. Yeah. And yeah. it's revolutionary for me. Like I'm so much happier for some strange reason yeah. in like my own little way. Yeah, I just got chills um, listening to that because I think, you know, for those of us who are recognizing this moment as a moment to step up, it's an inflection moment in our careers and our personal lives and in our own histories where 
yeah, like, I mean, business can't continue as usual. And I'm I'm on the same boat as you. You know what I mean? Like, I have the privilege of being at home. I don't need to, like, leave to do work or anything. Mm-hmm. And this whole time for me has been, I use that word too, has been, like, revelatory as well as revolutionary because I'm like, all this stuff I had backlogged for literally one year, two years, I've accomplished in three weeks. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Because you get to it like on the weekend. On the weekend, something else yeah. happens and it just gets pushed back. Mm. But now you know what? You have no excuses. I know so yeah. many people that wish they had the time. Every time I talk to someone yeah. in New York, man, I'm so busy doing this. I'm so busy doing that. Wish I could do this. Wish yeah. I could do that. Well, now you can. And it's funny yeah. to see the people who actually act on it. Yeah. No excuses, people. Okay, so Tyler, I won't take up any more of your time. I so appreciate this conversation, and I'm so excited to see where all of your TikToks, where all of your collaborations are going to go. And because you mentioned music is your seed inspiration for everything, can you please recommend one song to our listeners to put on after this podcast to make them feel hella good so they can vibe to it at the end of the day or early in the morning? That's heavy. <laughs> okay, no, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got okay, you. I got okay, you. I got okay. you. I got you. Okay, so I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a song out there that's pretty unconventional. People probably would not expect this from me. Okay, it's a Christian gospel song. I I, I know I feel weird saying this. I'm not religious. <laughs> How did you find it? It's uh so it's a guy named Peter Cottontail. He okay. He did a song called Forever Always with Chance the Rapper, and Chance oh. obviously is he brought back that gospel rap, that feel right. good rap, right? Right. And right. so. He tends to collaborate with people who have that same vibe. Mm. So imagine like Kanye Sunday service without the Kanye. Oh, it's interesting. That sounds. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm it, into it. I put it on the morning every morning, and it makes yeah. me just feel really good. There's something about a really good soulful, um, yes, like a gospel group that just it it hits yeah. differently in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've been listening to this mm-hmm. album every morning and it puts me in a really good mood. So I'm, I'm going to put one song out there. It's called High Five by Peter Cottontail. Okay, I'm going to listen to that right after this. Sweet. Of course, you know, your whole music Rolodex is so varied as well. Okay, cool. Thank you so much, Tyler. Take care of yourself and I'll see you sometime in 2020 or 2021. Hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having yeah. me on, Vanessa. All right, bye. Bye. That was a whole lot of knowledge, right? I'm just so blown away by the creativity and resilience of my community, as well as the call to action that each guest felt to continue just making in order to provide some sort of escape or brief moment of lightness for their followers. These kind of stories have in a way restored some of my hope in humanity and how we choose to use social media. Anyway, Make sure you give a shout out to Alyssa, Megan, and Tyler to let them know what you thought of this episode. Oh, and you know what? I think I'm going to end this with one of my favorite quotes from Oprah. It's short and it's sweet, but really the type of message I want to hear right now. And it goes, this too shall pass. On that note, thank you for tuning in. Rate us five out of five wherever you listen to us. And dear listener, stay safe, stay sane, and see you back next week. 